big star out of me. We'll make a film about a man who's sad and lonely. And all I gotta do is act naturally. Well, I'll bet you I'm gonna be a big star. What? Is this the international version? <laughs> yes, it is, uh, because I like French fries. You know, you sound more like Pepe Le Pew than, <laughs> no, than Pepe anyone. Le Pew, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Pepe Le Pew over there beside camera number one. Uh, Pepe, it's good to see you. Good to smell you. I showered this morning. <laughs> So I don't yeah, know. It's not working. Maybe it's your maybe it's your co-host over there. Oh yeah, maybe it's Thomas, not me. You're welcome. Well, I didn't shower this morning. You didn't so. shower this well, morning. Well, there you either. go. Yeah. So. There maybe you go. that's why the light bulb above I had over here blew. Oh out. man, should we flash back and show a little behind right the scenes before, before the we show, shot? Right before we started taping, this thing exploded. But the light is still going. But the bulb itself just exploded. You know, crazy. that's that's almost so well, maybe that's symbolic. Despite things that go wrong, the show goes on <laughs> right. at C-19. My question is, how are you going to get the filament out of there? What you doing after the show? <laughs> <laughs> let Tim handle that. Yeah, we'll let we'll Tim let do Tim it. Tim handle that. Yeah, Tim, it's a good idea. You like Tim's that, like right? Mikey. He, he doesn't. Do oh, yeah. yeah you, you, you don't stick your tongue into a socket, and you don't stick your tongue up there either. Yeah, no, no, we don't do that. We don't do that. Well, welcome to Me, me at the Movies. Uh, we talk about electrical things. Do you have a show about electricians here on C19? We have an electrical, uh, we have a program for electricians. Well, we need to, yeah. yeah. Let's bring one of those guys in and see what they can do. It's a good idea. Like a forensic kind of show? Yeah, I like, like it. A, I like it. Let's do that. Okay, I'll Let's keep do that, that well, in mind. Welcome to me, me at the movies. We do appreciate you hanging out and spending some time with us. I am seeing spots because I did stare at that light for too long. So I think I'm looking at the correct camera. I've got, I have some old solar eclipse glasses in the office if <laughs> yeah, you need those. That's a good idea. We use those one time. Yeah. Tim doesn't like that idea. He doesn't like that idea. Well, Thomas, we are glad you're back. Um, you and I have seen a couple movies we're going to talk about. Have you seen anything this past week that you're going to talk about? <laughs> I think we know the answer to that. <laughs> well, there's a new film called Ready or Not. It is a hybrid film, uh, part comedy, part horror. Um, it, it really is a, a film trying to find its mix. Um, you know, success at the box office and Rotten Tomatoes, like, over 90-something percent on this. Uh, the story is this bride and groom are getting married uh, at this family estate. It's like a very well-off family, kind of like a Milton Bradley family who has owned the gaming industry forever and every kind of gaming you can think of. Mattel, I mean, you name it. They, they, they own it, and they also own several sports teams, so they're well-off. So anybody who marries into the family, um, there's a ritual. So on the night of the wedding, the honeymoon night, they have to play a game. They draw a card from a box, and it can be anything from Old Maid to Monopoly to checkers. whatever. To what? Yeah. Checkers to or check chess. Yeah. Checkers or chess. There's one card you don't want to draw, and that card's called Hide and Seek. Because a Hide and Seek game, you actually have to go hide for your life. Yeah. The bride or groom, whoever it happens to be marrying into the family, they don't know this. So, you know, you, you marry into this family and you, you marry into a bunch of crazies is basically what happens. Yeah, so um, the thing is when she goes hiding, she's like, well, this is, you know, my first wedding night. Like, this is not 
what I imagine would take place. And um, she goes hiding, you know, count to 100 or something. They have this, this classic tune that's playing to count it down. And um, then she's like, all right, I'm just sick of this. This is so silly. And then all of a sudden, she kind of sneaks out and there's somebody uh, well there's there's a lot of things that transpire but she sees kind of bodies roll yeah. uh people fall on the floor dead and she's like okay this is not a game this is not what uh not what i was expecting and, and not what i signed on yeah, for yeah. but yet it was and so the whole movie is kind of a cat and mouse of her trying to stay alive um and it's done a lot of it's done kind of tongue-in-cheek uh there there are elements of humor and then, of course, there are the elements of the thriller and the horror aspects of it, uh, traditional tropes. But she's really, uh, she's smart. She's kind of a, an action star in many ways. And we're going to actually interview her on this show uh, right after this, this uh, review. Um, I, I thought the action worked well. I thought the cinematography at times, uh, the practical effects, a lot of practical effects. Um, I, I thought some of the editing choices were well done uh, also. Uh, but... I, I felt the balance was a bit off. So what are some of your thoughts on, th and she was solid. She was absolutely spectacular. The, uh, the actress is Samara Weaving, and uh, she, was, she was absolutely incredible. And if anybody saw the Netflix original, The Babysitter film not too long ago, she was the lead in that. Oh yeah, so I just really loved the aesthetic of it all. Um, the lighting and the shadows, uh, the production design, it basically all took place inside this mansion. So, you know, that's something that you might see in a Blumhouse film, yeah. like with, you know, $5 million budget, limited location, limited cast. And this is something that very much had that same feel. And uh, it was pretty to look at. And uh, technically, like you mentioned, the practical effects, some of these injuries that uh, <laughs> took place, it reminded me of how I felt watching Crawl a few months ago. Oh, yes. um, yeah. With the alligators, I'm like, oh, man, that was that was brutal, really. There were some cringe-worthy yeah, moments, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And so all of that worked very well in the original score from Brian Tyler. But uh, just looking to the pacing of the story, it was uh, like 90 minutes long, just over 90 minutes. And some scenes just felt really slow and were dragging on. You're like, well, it's got to be setting up something. It's got to be going somewhere. But then at the end of the day, it was just kind of a takeaway scene that uh, you didn't need that in there at all. And it didn't add anything to the story. It didn't really develop the characters. And if it did develop the characters, it was just um, some, some of the characters were just really cheap and some um, just some cheap laughs yeah. and jokes that just didn't hit. Yeah, really. I, I feel the same way. Some of the supporting cast, they were okay. Andy McDowell was in this as kind of the mom, oh. um, and she was good. It was, it was good to see her on screen again. I haven't yeah. seen her in a long time. And uh, there was actually this kind of fight scene between Samara Weaving, her character's name is Grace, and Andy McDowell's character. They shot that the first day. And um, behind the scenes, um, Andy McDowell actually got hit and got slightly injured by Samara Weaving, and Samara was like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. She's like, it's okay. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. So a lot of stunt work done in this film uh, as well, and there are a couple scenes that you can't help but think about Tarantino. Uh, the actual final scene is just amazing to look at, and I'm not going to tell you what that is, but if you go watch it, stick around. It's yeah. worth it for that final scene. Yeah, I mean, it seems like something that would be uh, straight out of Django Unchained, if you ask me, yeah. um, and uh, but yeah, I was overall a bit disappointed with the final outcome. Um, I'd heard from some people that it was like you know the best film of the year, and uh, 
the most original film. I mean, I would say it's one of the more original films we've seen this year, and I really admired some of the um, swings they took. Yeah. But uh, just didn't quite hit overall. Yeah. Um, just um, her her husband's character in particular yeah, was agree. a character that really bothered me. Like the whole premise of bringing your bringing someone you love into this crazy family that's like you know a cult satanic cult yeah. and you're like like the manson family yeah exactly it's like you don't want to um if you really love somebody i think you'd kind of lead them out of that and uh, some of the decisions he made within the story his character arc just really felt very inconsistent yeah. I, I really the same way. He, that he, sounds like a fatal flaw right there it was for, for me I, I felt the very same way i'm like you know if he really does love her and you could you could tell that he loved her but yet he's bringing her into this family that he knows has got some demons, yeah. some literal demons uh, that they uh, that are they were keeping them going and that they're trying to bury. But I, I was bothered by by his choices as well. But her character arc was solid. I mean, she came from this uh, foster care background and she didn't have real family, and so to be able to have a family was something you saw her embracing. And then she realized, okay, these guys are nuts, and then she's trying to get away from them, and so. Seeing her change from this kind of unassuming person to somebody that had strength and had to literally fight for her life throughout, that was, she, she was great. I really, really, really liked her And a this lot. takes place on their wedding night? On the wedding night. Look, I've had, I've had some awkward moments on, on wedding nights, but <laughs> at least no one's tried to kill me. <laughs> well, for me, yeah, Tim feels the same way. For me, um, yeah, Tim the, knows what I'm the talking creativity about. of it and her um, allowed this to get a, a B minus for me. Um, but um, I, I, it wasn't something I loved, but she was amazing. What was your rating? Oh, yeah, right there with you, a B minus. Um, I mean, there were too many scenes that um, that kind of dropped my jaw for it to be considered a bad movie. It's too many scenes that I was like, oh, wow, that's really interesting, really uh, unique. Well, we do have uh, Samara Weaving. I hope she's actually not watching right now because we're not giving it an A+. Plus. I am sorry, Samara, but we gave you an A+, plus, right? Oh, exactly, no A+, plus for Samara. Uh, and we are going to talk to her about the movie. And uh, well, let's, have you got that set up, Tim? Is it ready to roll? Okay, it's ready to roll. Uh, and we're going to, and she's hooked up through the satellite link. Do appreciate the opportunity. Uh, and here we go. Let's, uh, let's dive in. Samara, are you there? Hi, Samara. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I am marvelous. Thank you so <laughs> much for taking the time today to chat. I really appreciate it. Of course. I, I tell you, uh, this film uh, is a heck of a lot of fun, uh, <laughs> unless you were on the other end of the uh, the barrel or the axe or whatever else was coming your way. And but, I was. You, know, <laughs> you were. <laughs> but, you know, it really is. It's a hybrid ensemble film, but it's really the story of, the, of a bride-to-be trying to kind of find her way in family. Mm -hmm. I'd really love to hear about what it was like for you to read that script for the first time and to know, yes, I want this role. Well, yeah, it started with the script. Um, it's so difficult to thread that needle between horror and comedy, and the writers nailed it on the page. Uh, and then when I met with Radio Silence and Fox Searchlight, they were really collaborative with uh, my take on Grace, and that's when I was all in. So it was really about your take and kind of the character arc. What, what was your take? What was it that you wanted for this role? Uh, and How did you want that to reflect you? Well, when I read the script, um, I was really taken with Grace's backstory 
the fact that she was in and out of foster homes growing up. Um, and that sort of planted the seed of how she would hold herself against um, a murderous family. <laughs> um, so she's, you know, funny and quirky and excited to, to finally have a family that she never had. Uh, and then throughout the film, she, uh, I, instead of um, losing her confidence, she, she gains momentum and gains strength. And I think that that adds to the comedy with this very almost regal family um, react, not being able to get a good grasp on her uh, and not realizing that she, she's tough and she can fight for a fight back, you know? I really love your character arc. You talk about that character arc because you, you definitely see a change in Grace <laughs> yeah. from the beginning, the opening scene, until that final scene, which we're not going to give any spoilers away, but <laughs> definitely a character arc. Uh, from a from an actor standpoint, talk about finding that within to, to kind of share that arc and let that come across on screen. Well, I wanted to avoid Grace being the damsel in distress. I wanted audiences to, you know, laugh with her, not at her. I didn't, you know, so many um, horror films, the the woman is making illogical choices, and I wanted her to make logical smart decisions in sure. times of crisis uh and they they really liked that idea so we so we uh went with that <laughs> oh absolutely yeah yeah i mean you you are definitely uh, an action star uh in this film without oh, a doubt <laughs> without Thanks. a doubt um how would you define this because this film itself it is a hybrid uh it, it's mm -hmm. a mix of of several different genres so when someone asks you define <laughs> this how do you define it yeah, uh, I guess it's a thriller, horror, and a comedy. But yeah. if you want to find out, go see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why should people go see this film? It really has something for everyone. Uh, I'm not the biggest horror fan, and I could sit through it. There's one scene where I had to cower behind my eyes, behind my fingers, but um, yeah, I laughed. You, screamed it's got it all <laughs> were there any films or characters that you had watched beforehand that you said hmm I, I, maybe i could take a little bit from this one or a little bit from that one or was this all just samara yeah i didn't really watch any films or had any character references i really just ran with the idea that women are strong in a crisis and you know we're not these damsel in distresses you know we we can think on our feet and fight back well you did that marvelously <laughs> and and thank you so much for your time today i really appreciate it and uh, enjoyed watching your work on this film thank you so much have a beautiful day you too thanks again to samara weaving uh, the movie is called ready or not it is in theaters now and we appreciate her taking the time to talk with us looks like it is time for a break uh, after the break, we're going to come back. Uh, Thomas and I will be uh, reviewing the film Angel Has Fallen, uh, the action film. It's part of the trilogy, the uh, Fallen trilogy. Is that right? Oh, I guess you can yeah, call it that. You got yeah. Olympus I guess you'd have fallen. to. Yeah, I guess Olympus has fallen. fallen yeah. So it's the Fallen yeah. trilogy. So we're going to give our take on that. And a very special 
the co-star that shows up in this that makes it all worthwhile right after this break. Who wants to play a game? It's time for hide and seek. Run, run, run. Time to run and hide. Run, run, run. And now I'm going to find. You scurry off into the darkness. Hurry, I'm behind you. Don't you speak. Hide and seek. Tiptoe to the cellar or crawl under your bed. Anywhere you fled, I am going to find you. Stay inside. I would tell anybody that's interested in getting broadcasting that um, this is a really exciting field to be in. The possibilities are endless. And every day is different. Um, there's always something new. Um, you're always on your toes. It's, I think the good thing about you know a school like Cleveland Community College is they're really good at keeping up with the latest technologies. My experience um, with the broadcasting program has been everything and more. I've hosted a television show here. I've done radio shows, I've, I've made my own commercials, all kinds of exciting things, digital animation. And I've never thought I'd have a career in news that I enjoy. It's just really exciting to you know, have a career where you're in control of what two million people in the area are watching every night. It's really exciting and enriching and fulfilling work. It doesn't feel like a job. I mean, I get to hang around all day and make television. I mean, just listen to that. Now the question is, are you ready to start your journey today? Every day is different. You have the ability to forge your own path. The industry's wide open. You've always got job security. And also write your own paycheck. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Hi, I'm Tim Foster from C19TV. I'm Rob Brute from KTCBroadcasting.com. And I'm Fuvio Brooks from C19TV Sports. Join us for Armchair Quarterback. What's in store on the gridiron in 2019? Can Shelby win a 6 2A state title in seven years? Will Kings Mountain challenge for a Western 3A title? How will Burns handle the transition to 2A? And can Crest return to dominance in 3A? Every week we take a look at all four Cleveland County High School football teams. Southwestern 2A Conference foes Burns and Shelby and Big South Conference foes Crest and Kings Mountain. We will look at what happened the week before and look ahead at what's coming up this week. Each week this season we'll be naming our armchair quarterback Jamming Jay's Pizza Factory Player of the Week. We will also break down the SEC, ACC, and Gardner-Webb football. We'll also do the NFL and the Carolina Panthers. Nobody covers Cleveland County High School football like armchair quarterback. Don't miss another great season right here on C19 TV. They're going to put me in the movies. They're going to make a big star out of me. Welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. Noel T. Manning II here hanging out with Greg Tillman. Uh, Greg over there beside camera one. Uh, Thomas Manning uh, over here beside me uh, to my right. And then uh, Tim Foster uh, back on the Tim Cam with Elvis Knowlesley uh, keeping us on track. We did review Ready or Not back before the break. And one thing I do want to find one more, one more thing to say about Ready or Not. Um, talking to her behind the scenes, with, you saw the interview, but there were a few other things we got a chance to talk about. And she said there was uh, an original cut that played this movie as straight comedy, and it didn't have as much success. And so they, they went back in and tried to find a balance. And she said when they were shooting the film, they actually shot scenes as straight horror. Then they reshot it as straight comedy. Interesting. And so um, the, the directors tried to find a balance there, and the balance just felt a little off for me on that, and Thomas kind of felt the same oh, yeah, way. Definitely. Shouldn't a clip 
whatever version they choose be a mix of the two instead of comedy, horror. Yeah. To, to, to have an evenness to yeah, the blending of it all. Yeah, and it didn't, it didn't quite all. feel even. Right. And I, see, I felt that way about the Kingsman, a few, the original Kingsman yeah. a few years ago. Okay. You had a lighthearted kind of take to everything, and Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Um, you know, was perfect in that, and I know we're getting off topic, but then you had these scenes of horrific violence. Violence. I mean, there's the church scene. Oh, my god. That's the one I'm thinking oh, of. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was really tough I didn't to find watch. that funny. I, I don't no. think it was supposed to be funny. No, it was tough But it was so graphically violent and yeah. cruel. But I will say about that scene, technically, it was oh brilliantly oh, it was. shot and edited. Oh, it was. Sure. It was. It was like, but it seemed like it should have been in a, in a different film. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's hard to do. I mean, yeah. to find that balance if you're trying to do yeah. it. I mean, I, uh, you know, maybe we'll do a take five on some of the best horror comedies that have found a way to make it work uh, yeah. in the future. Uh, there's a new film uh, out uh, in theaters called Angel Has Fallen. This is the third part of the Fallen trilogy. We had uh, not White House Down. That's another film, but we had White Olymp House. Olympus Has Fallen. Olympus Has Fallen, oh, yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. And then London Has Fallen. Uh, and uh, Gerard Butler, this is uh, Lisa, who, who manages uh, AMC. This is like her favorite guy oh, in all yeah. the world. Well, that and the Aquaman, yeah, Aquaman yeah, guy. Uh, Jason Momoa. Yeah. yeah, she loves this guy. So when I went to see this, she was very happy that somebody was going to, to watch him in action. It's a movie, once again, you have a Secret Service agent. Uh, this time he's kind of, you know, in the latter years of his life as far as work. He's got a few medical issues he's having to deal with, yeah. quite a few medical yeah. issues. Uh, Morgan Freeman is now the president, and uh, uh, Banning is the guy's last name, and uh, Mike Banning. Right. And he is up for the possible job of being the director of the Secret Service. That starts the thing off, and then there is a major attempt on the life of the president. And the entire, and this happened in the first 15 minutes. You yeah, know, you've, see, you've seen the trailer. You've so, seen the yeah. trailer. The yeah. entire Secret Service crew, everybody, they get killed except for Banning. And so at that point, all fingers are pointed to him as the one that set this up. So yeah. dive in and anything else you want to share about the story or we can just dive into our thoughts. Yeah, well, he's the one that saves the president, which is played by Morgan Freeman. And um, uh, then... Freeman kind of is in the coma the rest of the movie. Probably one of his easiest paychecks he's ever gotten. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he didn't have too yeah. many speaking roles. Yeah, yeah, but um, no, 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 too many speaking yeah. scenes in yeah. this movie. But then there are some other, you know, corrupt agents, corrupt friends of Banning who frame him for the attempt on his for the attempt on the president's life. And uh, there's some pretty convincing evidence laid out. And uh, so then we kind of just see him going on the run. It's very much like Harrison Ford's The Fugitive. Yeah. Uh, that's but the story structure. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say not quite as good. Um, uh, yeah, so I think I didn't like this film nearly as much as I was hoping to. Uh, I really liked Olympus Has Fallen and London Has Fallen. Yep. I know a lot of people hate London Has Fallen, but honestly, it's my favorite of the trilogy. I think we're both on the same yep. page there, but this film just felt way too predictable for me. Um, I'm all for good, dumb action movies, but this one was a little bit too dumb for me. Um, just some of the like commentary on certain, you know, political and social happenings, even in the world today, just felt so obvious to so me. It felt forced. It did. Yeah. It didn't feel natural at all. And it's like, they might as well have just been winking at the camera and being like, hey, did you get that reference? And I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 think we, I think we get what you're getting at there. And I mean, and some movies can really find a way to do that well, but this one just did not feel organic to me. Yep. 
Um, I, uh, as I was watching this movie and starting to see some of the plot unfold and starting to see some of the characters be introduced, I'm like, I think back to 24 season three, I think they went this way. Oh, that was 24 season four. That was 20. So if you watched 24 right, yeah. and you enjoyed 24, they found a way to include about every thread that they possibly could. So from, just go back and watch 24 Yeah, again. go back and watch 24. Yeah. Go back and watch 24, because I really did. I was, I was like, okay, I remember that. Yep, that guy's gonna be a bad guy. Yeah, yep, yeah. he was a bad guy. You know, sure, formulas exist, and a lot of times you, you, you know, kind of know, well, this guy's probably going to be a bad guy, but this was just so by the numbers. telegraphed yeah. by, and yeah. and yeah, colored by numbers from the beginning. Yeah. That it was just hard not to, it was hard not to not to like it, yeah. if that makes sense. I, 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 I yeah. wanted to like it, I wanted to love it, but I didn't. But a saving grace was Nick Nolte. Uh, as Banning's dad, yep. who is kind of like a, a Unabomber character who was living off the grid and away from everything, he did not have enough scenes. But every scene he was in, it, it just lit it up. He's, He's still, always yeah. an He steals the show, actor. yeah. He steals the show. Yeah. And I wish there had been more yeah. Nick Nolte, and not just because it kind of sounds like my name, Nolte Manning the yeah. <laughs> You know, not just because it sounds like that. But he was the saving grace for this. But uh, everything else within this film I'd seen before and I'd seen done much, much better before. Yeah. It was really, honestly, just a sub-average yeah. action film. Uh, a lot of people were out there watching it when I went to see it, and they were enjoying it, and, you know, that, it, it is formula, and if you're looking for formula action, it's there with not a lot else. Yeah, I mean, some of the action scenes are really technically impressive, uh, awesome sound design. Uh, some of them are shot well and edited well, but then the other ones are just kind of give you a headache. And there's one scene in particular that uh, takes place at night in a car, and it was just like shaking the entire time. You and could it was not, too dark. It was way yes. too dark. You could not tell a thing that was going on. Uh, but I will say there is another scene that in which uh, Nick Nolte is involved, and um, he, I will say uh, <laughs> that he produces one of the coolest explosions you'll see in any movie this year. Yeah. So I just, I just got to say that. Yeah, there, so. there were definitely Rambo type moments. Yeah. With uh, with his character and yeah the the action and explosives were pretty pretty yeah. solid for yeah. that scene. C plus is really the best I can do and honestly it would have probably been a C minus or a D plus had it not been for Nick Nolte. Yeah. I'm at a C uh, right below you there so um, I mean glad I checked it out worth it just for out of curiosity's sake but uh, not one I'm going to be rushing back to see again. Gotcha. Well so, we've got time for quickly we're going to jump ahead to home delivery. If we can do that, if you can pull that up, home delivery. I'm going to let Thomas talk about uh, Star Wars Resistance. Uh, Star Wars Resistance is uh, in homes now, and it's uh, we're going into the second season of this uh, animated animated series. Oh yeah, so this is uh, this kind of takes place leading up to the Force Awakens, which was uh, basically Episode Seven of the Star Wars franchise, uh, 30 years after Return of the Jedi, and it kind of takes place in that leading up to, it. and it's kind of an Air Force show. Uh, the the Star Wars Resistance Air Force. Uh, you've got like Poe Dameron in there, voiced by Oscar Isaac. Yeah, you've which got, is kind of cool. Yeah, you've got a lot of voice talent from the movies, and uh, it's definitely aimed at younger audiences. And uh, you know, just some of the jokes, some of the humor, you can definitely tell it's definitely for those younger kids. Yeah. But still, if that's someone's first introduction to Star Wars, it will be perfect for them. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's fun. It's a fun watch if you're a Star Wars fan, or um, if you're just 
a fan in general, uh, if you have small children yeah. that you want to watch it with. And, and, and if you want to kind of see the other parts of the story that are happening within the, the new framework of these films that we're looking at. And there is a new trailer as well for, um, for Star Wars that was just released, and you're giving that like a solid A+. Plus. You've watched it 30 times? Oh, I've watched that trailer oh, a dozen times easily. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to keep watching it every day, yeah. So it's like a mix of Star Wars and Top Gun for kids? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's a yeah. great, like he's seen it. It's almost like he's seen yeah, it, but that's yeah. exactly what it's like. I paid for my price of admission to being on the you show did. today. You did great. Who'd have thought? You're awesome. I appreciate it. <laughs> so A-plus for the uh, trailer for the new Star Wars film. Oh, for sure. No <laughs> doubt about it. Oh, yeah. All right, good deal. Well, Thomas, thanks for joining us, and Mr. Tillman, appreciate you as well. Uh, Tim, back there on the Tim Cam, uh, you keep us moving, keep us going, and keep us alive. We appreciate that. And Samara Weaving, thank you for joining us right here uh, for Meet Me at the Movies, and her movie is Ready or Not. Uh, I'll wrap things up with a movie quote of the week. This comes from The Abyss. This was what we are going to do last week. Uh, this comes from, uh, from Bud and Hippie. I don't know if you can remember this, but we'll yeah. see. Hippie, you know, you think everything is a conspiracy. Everything is conspiracy. Till next time, I'm Noel T. Manny II for Meet Me the Movie, C19 TV. That's a wrap. Trails to the